Hey, how's it going? There's this dude that I know, and his name is Weldon Long, and he's got quite a story. Um, and he's like this, you know, motivational guy or trainer. Uh, and I've known him for a long time, and I've followed him for a long time. And he said something in this seminar several years back that I've just always kept in my mind, and uh, I've applied it to a lot of things in my life. And he said, you know, it's not that difficult to be great. It's not that hard to be successful. It's not even that hard to be more successful than other people. It's just a little bit easier not to be. That can apply to so many different aspects of your life, and it certainly applies to this discussion with Jason Phelps and Dirk Durham of Phelps Game Calls as we discuss the big news of Meat Eater bringing Phelps Game Calls on board. Let's do this. Here we go. There exists a threat from anti-hunting groups to politicians trying to give our land away, and we won't stand for it. Those vast western landscapes provide the space for our wildlife to thrive and a place for hunters and anglers to fuel the fire that sparks their soul. In this show, we share our love of hunting, fishing, and conservation. Here, we provide the foundation to meet these threats through passion and the grit of the American outdoorsman. Welcome to the Western Huntsman Podcast. guys, how's it going? This is Jim Huntsman, the host of the Western Huntsman Podcast. Thanks a bunch for joining. Uh, this is going to be a really fun episode. It's been one of my favorites uh, to record, and I, I say that about all of them, I know, but, uh, you know, they truly are. Uh, and we are coming at you from the Broken Tine studio right here in Hayden, Idaho. That's right, one of the few podcasts not recorded in Bozeman, Montana. And uh, we are going to have... Uh, a We've got Jason Phelps and Dirk Durham on, and you guys, if, if you listen to this show, you know who that is. Uh, Jason Phelps started Phelps Game Calls uh, way back when, in uh, in about 2009, and now uh, he brought Dirk Durham on board, one of the world's best elk callers, uh, which makes sense for a call company, right? I mean, Jason Phelps isn't too shabby at calling either, so uh, it's just a, it's quite apparent. It's, it's been really fun watching these two kind of partner up and, and go at it with Phelps Game Calls and, and create the content and the calls and the and the brand and the company and all the things that they've done and uh, just wonderful, wonderful people. And so I'm, I'm really excited to get them on because we, we talk about, if you've been paying attention, the, the big news that came out that uh, Meat Eater has essentially acquired Phelps Game Calls and they're they're kind of bringing them on board as, as another offering of Meat Eater, the Meat Eater brand, which is, you know, the it, it, love them or hate them, Meat Eater is... Uh, the hunting brand of hunting brands, right? I mean, it's they they are uh, the, the the Mac Daddy of uh, of all hunting brands out there. So um, it's it's kind of a cool thing. It's it's been a it's been a wild ride for for these guys of Phelps Game Calls and the the story that I, I've talked about it because you guys know like Phelps Game Calls is one of the sponsors of this show. And one of the things that I've always admired about the company is how they you know how the company started you know, basically is like this hobby side business thing. And it's just kind of grown into this monster of a hunting brand. And 
I I respect that. And there's a they're not the only brand out there in the hunting space that uh, you know has this kind of story. There's a lot of brands out there that that started this way. But it's that's always been this thing that I enjoy watching. You know, a, a, an American dream come together and grow and and see success and and all these things that that just make uh, an American story great. And and it just it gets me going. You guys know that. You know, I get excited over that kind of stuff. So. Before we get into it with that discussion with Jason and Dirk, I want to talk just real quick about our trivia coming up because the drawing is coming up like the end of March. And Dirk has told me that he is sending over a complete Phelps calling package. So there's probably going to be a bugle tube. Uh, you know, there's going to be a read or two in there. Um, I, I'm not totally sure exactly what what's all in there, so I don't want to overpromise. But uh, he's going to be sending over a package to add to the the giveaway items for this upcoming trivia. So I thought, you know, it'd be cool to do something elk related. And so this week's trivia question is, are you guys ready? Here we go. They are louder than a vacuum cleaner or most alarm clocks, but not quite as loud as like a concert or a car horn. What is the decibel rate of a bull elk bugle? What is the decibel rate of a bull elk bugle? I kind of got tongue twisted there. <laughs> Anyways, I'll give you some hints. So they're about the same decibel rating as like a lawnmower or a power tool or like a hairdryer or even a snowmobile. And there's some variance there. So there's not an exact number, but I need a range. Like if you're within about 10 points of that range is going to get you uh, to an accurate answer. And so what is a decibel rating? And the reason why I think you guys should know that is because it's it's interesting how you can uh, you, you can take that and, and you can imagine the, the decibel, the, the level of loudness, basically, to an elk bugle so you could replicate that better in the September uh, elk woods. And so that's kind of the point behind that. So that's the, that's the question this week. What is the decibel rating of a bull elk bugle? And send those in to jim at thewesternhuntsman.com and be sure to put in the subject line that uh, this is a trivia you can just type, just put trivia in the subject, and that way I can go in and do a search, and I, I just take all those emails, roll them into the lottery thing that I have uh, on an, on a spreadsheet, and uh, when it's time to do the drawing, it just pulls a random winner out, and somebody is going to win a full-on Phelps game call package. So that is the question, Jim at thewesternhuntsman.com. Guys, thanks a bunch for tuning in. Uh, looking forward to this week's episode. Uh, you are going to hear my debut of a rap song, and that's right. Yours truly rapped a tune in this one, and uh, <laughs> whatever. I get bored. Uh, enjoy it, and here we go with uh, Jason Phelps and Dirk Durham of Phelps Game Calls. Let's roll. This week, guys, I've got Mr. Jason Phelps and Mr. Dirk Durham, a.k.a. The Bugler, on for, and I don't know how this is going to go because, uh, you know, these get these two personalities on together. It could it could go sideways real quick. But, uh, guys, thanks for coming well, on the show. Well, I know how it's going to go. Jason likes to do all the talking, so <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and let him do it. Might as I'm, well. No, no, this will be the one platform, Dirk, where I'll just let you take over. You're way more exciting to listen to than 
than me. <laughs> wow. You, you know, I've had I've had both of you guys on the show, and they're always like uh, smash hits, and people always respond very well to them. So I'm pretty excited about this conversation, and we got a lot of uh, we got a lot to talk about. Good, good, cool. Obviously, anybody who's who's listening to my show, they, you guys know who Dirk Durham is. You know who Jason Phelps is. Uh, they're they're probably my two favorite personalities to kind of follow along. And and uh, in terms of September elk season, they're both uh, really good callers. They're both you know, obviously Jason started Phelps calls game calls back in 2009 and and grew it into you know what it is now. And and Dirk, how long you've been working for Phelps now? I think it this is year two of like being on the payroll, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say worked four for two years and with for four years. Yeah, I think so. It's kind of how it breaks down. Yeah. And so, and Dirk, he treats you all right? Uh, for the most part, you know, he, <laughs> he, he treats me like a mushroom most of the time. He keeps me in the dark and feeds me full of bull. But, uh, no, no. <laughs> I've, I've, uh, I've, I've dodged a few sexual harassment claims from Dirk, so I've, I'm in the clear on those now. So uh, You got to have a good lawyer. Here. You got to have yep, a good yep. lawyer when Dirk's on board, man. <laughs> <laughs> And so, obviously, there's been some big news lately, and that's really what I want to talk about mostly in in this conversation. Uh, and and that is the uh, I always I always mispronounce this word. It's the acquisition. Is that right? Yep. Yep. Acquisition of of Phelps game calls. A- Go ahead. Accusation. And I was like, what are you what are you trying to say here? It's usually, what I do say it <laughs> slips out that way, man. What, what's Doug Flutie have to do with this? <laughs> oh man, you know I've been trying to get Doug Flutie on the on the line again. I want to get a winter update from him, but uh, I just uh, haven't connected with him. Is he around? You know, uh, he is, but I think his uh, cell phone bolt bill slipped. Uh, and yeah, well, that's, that's <laughs> winter what... hasn't been too kind. You know, speaking of that, um, I, I hate to do this, but I, I do need to let's let's hold for just a minute because uh, I need to play a quick commercial here so that we could pay our bills over. You, you know, as Doug Flutie told me, Marlboro Miles don't pay all the bills. So do you guys mind right. if I take a quick commercial break here and we'll get right back at it? That'd be That's great. Good. Okay, let's go ahead and do that right now. Yo, VIP. Let's blow it. A look and listen. Phelps is back with a brand new addiction, killing it with the pink and the maverick, smoking Doug Flutie like a motherfucking savage, unrivaled, acting like a renegade. All of the others looking like a bunch of cupcakes. If you ain't calling with an amp in your mouth, you're doing it wrong and you'd best turn around. Now they gonna done it again. Jason and Dirk played a whole new game. They made a deal with the best of brands, with the funny names and the funny mustache. They'll be hanging with the meat eater crew, getting nicknames from the meat eater dudes. If you have a problem, don't be a loser. They got you covered. It's Jason and the Bugler. Phelps, Phelps, baby. Phelps, Phelps, baby. Phelps, Phelps, baby. Oh, yeah. Phelps, Phelps, baby. Oh, goodness. 
Uh, sorry about that. Sorry, guys. Some of my sponsors wow. are a little low budget, and that's what they send me to put on the show. And I don't know. <laughs> that's as good as it gets right there. <laughs> you know, if I had more time uh, to work on that, that would have been really cool. <laughs> so with, oh, with that, tell us about this uh, this new transition, this new partnership you're doing, uh, uh, Jason. You want to kick us off with that and give us kind of an overview of it? Yeah, so it's something we started working on about mid-August. Um, we went over there to talk. We, were, you know, for people that don't know, we've been working with Meat Eater uh, probably about the same time I've been working with Dirk, maybe four or five years. Uh, been on the podcast for a long time. I think we were like in the teens mm-hmm. um, back when um, Steve really started the podcast. We just kind of worked together, and we were in talks about you know what it's going to look like in the future, like what level we wanted to be in. Um, and then while I was over there in, in Bozeman for a meeting, it just got brought up like, hey, you know, you know, just curious, what, would you ever be interested? I'm like, no, nah, I don't think so, but what the heck? We'll, we'll take a look at where it's at, you know? Yeah. Um, and to be honest, like I'm probably the, was the worst business guy ever. Just fortunately I had been doing the books right and, and honest because, you know, to be honest, I never ran this thing to sell it and, and these big business guys, you know, they talk about profits and losses. I'm not going to sugarcoat. I, I didn't do any of that. I just ran the business to, to, to the best of my ability and, and, and got it out there. But anyways, kind of well, fast you, forward you, through. To, to, to stop you right there, you, you were running a business that was growing at a pretty rapid rate and while also working another job. I mean, it's it's yeah. so th- there's something to be said for that. So anyway, keep yeah, going. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a testament to, I mean – I don't give Dirk shout outs very often, but that's a testament to like the team we had in place between you know, marketing and sales, my wife, my mom, um, Tyler, our workers, our contractors, like it would run itself. And I always kind of use the joke that it's kind of nice. I get to stay here, you know, get to take all the credit for the company. But then as soon as shit hits the fan, like I got to run away and make my wife deal with it or Dirk deal with it. Um, <laughs> you know, so we, I was very involved. I, I worked long hours and, and everything, but you know, it, when it really boils down to it, like the business side of it, like I was learning, you know, at 90 miles an hour, I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, so, uh, you know, we started to talk. Um, I had never been through one of these before. And so um, I don't even remember what the name of the damn form was. I signed something from like the mountaintop when me and Dirk and, John were in New Mexico, like, yeah, we'll give you like an exclusive 100 days to open up the books and look at the business. Um, and as things started to progress, like um, stuff started to go through my mind. Like I was still really apprehensive. I don't want to do this. I'll let them look. But in the end, I'm probably going to walk away anyways and, and do my own thing. And mm-hmm. as we started to look at, you know, benefits and there's no denying you know, with an 11 and a nine year old now, like my kids were growing up fast and, and all they knew was this business. Like 2016, even though from the outside, it looks like we're having great success. Like I haven't taken my kids on a family vacation since like 2016, crazy hours, um, you know, no benefits for the employees and all of this. And then the, the business started to pencil out pretty well. And it was going to be a point where, um, you know, there's no denying I, I don't like talking about it, but there was a payday in it for me, you know, and, and that is important to kind of set myself up for, for the future. And, uh, you know, we kind of looked at all of this and, and, you know, I, I think I brought it to, to Dirk and like, Hey, this is what we're looking at doing. Like there's some good, there's some bad, there's some, you know, this, but I need help really in, in making the business bigger. Um, I recognize some of my downfalls. Like I can keep designing calls and, and you know, figuring out how to get them made, but there were issues. And as we basically progressed all the way through, 
Um, and as things started to, to start to look well, we started to kind of hone in on that like closing date of 1231, the very last day of the year. Um, you know, and, and we'll look at that. And by the time we were done, um, you know, I don't want to get nitty gritty of like all the talks we had yeah. and some of the, sh- some of the sh- stuff that's like way over my head. Like, Oh, you got to hire mergers and acqu- you got to hire mergers and acquisition lawyer. Like, where do you find one of them? Lewis County doesn't have any of them. Yeah, you just Google. You know, like, like, yeah. It's like, well, everybody's in Seattle, you know? And so it was, it was an interesting process. I, I'm glad I did it once and hopefully I don't ever do it again. Um, it's just so much like, lawyer jargon for days and i mean dirk got to see just a minuscule portion on like his employer agreements and stuff and um i mean it's just it's different than what we had our handbook was like three pages here don't you know don't run don't do this don't do that and don't snort heroin in the manufacturing facility yep yep just just do everything good and and we'll be all right um you know we're we're reading a, a 60 page handbook um, what can we like do here? Meat, can, that's the meat eater handbook. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, and of course I, I, I got to tell a funny on Dirk and, and we've had a lot of jokes and laughs about it. And I'll tell you the reason why the very first thing I send the handbook to Dirk and maybe I'll let him, but I get a one liner from him. He's like, did you read this page? Such and such. We're like, you can be nude in the office or nude as long as it's in the um, intent of content creation. I'm like, I don't believe Dirk. So I go and open up the handbook and I'm like, nope, sure as shit. Dirk picked out like the most awkward phrase. Of course, Dirk finds that. I think he did like a control find looking for nudity or or sexual act or anything. What do you think I'm wearing right now? He's like a hound. Anytime there's nude, he sniffs that out, man. (laughs) So, yeah, it's just, yeah, they just got these huge, I mean, maybe this is something you shouldn't talk about, but I mean, just like social posts, like, you know, the, how to do them and, and the way the company wants them. It's like a big article, you know, it's a big, a big document. So it's just, yeah. A, yeah, it's just, and, and I understand once I got the understanding and it, it all makes sense, it was just something like, you know, we had just never implemented anything like that before. So it was, it was good. And then ultimately, um, you know, we, we ended up getting to a place, um, it came right down to the wire, but we were able to close inside of, a. 2020 um a lot of that had to do with me really wanting that for political reasons and not knowing for sure what the future was and capital gains and some of that so we kind of we didn't rush it we did everything we needed to but um we wanted to get it done inside of 2020 and we made it all happen and uh yeah so we everybody kind of nothing changed though Mm -hmm. um you know all the employees are the same i'm still in control i was um you know so a lot of that was was good um you know, well, so when you're like, when you're when you're going through this, Jason, and and you're like all those all these negotiations are happening, and and you're like dealing with people. I I imagine you, you know, like you said, that there's guidelines for how they post, and and uh, you know, for a company like Meat Eater, that's you know, they've got these these Netflix shows, and and they're just this. I mean, they're the name in hunting, right? I mean, they are the name, yep. and and so they're big, and they're under a lot of scrutiny. So I I understand that kind of stuff. Um, and I guess like what, what I'm curious about is, is as you're going through this process, is, is it like Steve Ranella that you're, you're actually negotiating this stuff with, or you guys, are you dealing no. with his like business team or lawyers or. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I can give, you know, I don't know how interested people are in this, but you know, Steve was involved a little bit from a high level. Um, our friendship definitely, 
um, you know, kicks it off. There's a CEO involved, which, you know, even though Steve is the meat eater, there's actually a CEO that runs the entire family of companies that, that is, you know, and, and then they've got a board um, that they also report to. So like there was that high level group of, do we want to spend the money? How are we going to make our money? Like that sort of stuff. But then we deal like I dealt directly with two of their individuals, which is like the vice president of operations and vice president of finance. And they're kind of the skilled crew that looks at these acquisitions and really knows like the ins and outs of, you know, I learned more about EBITDA than I ever wanted to. I'm like, what the hell is that? Well, it's like earnings before interest, you know, taxes and, and, and I'm like, Oh, I'm, and that's what they value again. So, I mean, I worked with those two almost exclusively. Um, and and they were, it was a, a, as much as you can use the word awesome to deal with it was it was actually a pretty good experience like i never felt and, and this is a, was very important to me i never felt like meat eater was trying to like get the upper hand it was mentioned multiple times well this would be in your favor this would be in our favor but we're trying to like go right down the middle of the road just kind of um, balance that yep. yeah yeah yep. it was very important that dirt came along it was very important that i came along without either of us the deal really wasn't going to work they wanted to maintain the same characters um, even when I start to hint, like, we want to be more like meat eater, like, you know, do this, they put you right back in your place. Like, no, we've told you before, we want you to maintain Phelps identity. We don't want you to change what you post, um, who you guys are. And so it was, it kind of was nice and reassuring that they, they told me multiple times, like you are going to stay exactly who you are. You're going to run the company the way you see fit. And we're going to give you some tools that make you more efficient. And, gotcha. and that's really what it came down to. And hopefully once I get out from this like transition period and, and, you know, figuring out what, you know, Dirk figuring out like what a sales plan and a marketing plan needs to look like for him. Hopefully it frees up a bunch of time so that we can do what we're good at and, you know, make funny content, go hunting, um, promote the calls, design new calls. And that's really where I hope me and Dirk can get to, you know, once we can kind of get this thing rolling. Yeah. I think there's a, there, there's definitely something to be said with your guys's creativity and your content. And, and I say that because, You'd think that a guy, you know, like like in my shoes, I'm doing this podcast, um, and 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 I'm I'm tr- I'm watching all these these bigger names out there, you know, like Meat Eater and Phelps Game Calls, and even like the Bugler brand and Born and Raised Outdoors, uh, and, and and all these bigger names that that everybody that that haunts is is generally familiar with, and you know, I've always thought, okay, Meat Eater's doing this, and and they're so out of my league as to what I do. Uh, I don't, I don't, I, I can't even go there. Right. And, and so, and I feel like I've actually, I want to get back to that. I, I want to talk about Steve a little bit more cause you guys know him personally. Uh, but, uh, we'll, we'll circle back to that one. But the, the yeah. point is, it's like your guys's content. It's funny. It's creative. It's unique. And, you know, fr- from somebody like my standpoint, I, I watch it and, and it, it helps guide me in how, because I don't know what I'm doing on social media. I mean, <laughs> I, I seriously don't. I'm, I, I make posts and, and they bomb. Uh, and it's yeah. like, oh, shit, man. What was I thinking? I had too much whiskey or something, and it seemed like a good idea yeah. at the time. <laughs> but um, Yeah, I mean. So I, I hope you guys don't lose that because I need I need the guidance. No, no I'm going to let Dirk just take control. Of that. I mean, he's I've got an engineer's mindset. Like, sometimes I'm boring. Dull. You know, we, we can kick it up and have fun. But, like, Dirk's kind of the mastermind behind you know, what, what yeah. you see at least for the last couple of years. And, and, and that's nice when I have enough trust in him. Like, I don't need to monitor that. Like I know Dirk's going to do a good job. I, I got a weird um, question you know, on and, that. I, I got a weird question on that. So on let's, let's talk about like Instagram for a minute. 
Do you guys both have the ability to get on and post on there? And do you, or is it all just one of you guys? No, we both get on there. Because so, there's, yeah, it, it's funny we both how have the login. Uh, you can kind of look at it and you're like, God, that must have been Dirk, or Nah, that was Jason. Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was curious yeah. about that. So, uh, Dirk, I got a, I got a question for you. So, um, we we've been buddies for a few years, you know, and and things yeah. were going along. Everything was. Uh, uh, you were you were working for um, an, an optic company down in Orfino, and yeah. and then you you would you were telling me okay yeah I got I got a job with Phelps and and I was like all excited for you because I mean who wouldn't want to work for Phelps Game Calls right, uh, right. it's 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 the cool call company and uh, everybody knows them <laughs> and it, it's like the company going somewhere you know it's never stagnant I was all excited for it so you're you're going along you get this job with with Jason and. And you're you're doing all the marketing and, and all these all these hunts and, and filming all this stuff. And then Jason calls you up and he's like, hey, man, uh, you know, what do you think of Meat Eater buying us or however that conversation uh, went? What was your reaction initially? Um, I was actually pretty excited because from the outside looking in and dealing with Jason on a on a almost daily basis, um, I my first thoughts were. Oh man, this could be really great for him to be able to have more time with his family mm-hmm. because I honestly I don't know when the man sleeps. <laughs> you know, he worked, he worked his normal day job, then he would work helps game call stuff, and man, I don't I don't know when the man slept, but all I could think of is man, this could be really great for him to not be working two jobs anymore, and yeah. Um, course i had some questions and concerns but as as we we talked more with the mediator group um about any of the concerns and stuff it, it just sounded better and better all the time um like, like jason said it didn't sound like they were ever trying to get a leg up on on us at all they were just they want to do it right and you know i think i think yeah. they think that happy employees are, are great employees so um it's got to so be. They have cool. that. They have that culture there. You know, you could just tell because they yeah. have they have a ton of different podcasts. They have you know all this different stuff going on, and everybody just seems like they're they're super happy and, and committed to the brand of Meat Eater. So that's interesting, and because I I'm I kind of geek out on the business side of stuff a lot, and I, I talked to Dirk a little yeah. bit about this, um, you know, a couple weeks ago or whatever, and and that the, it's just there there is this uh, solidified cultural. Uh, level of commitment that that is, you know, you could say it's unmatched in a lot of other whether it's in the hunting industry or not. And w- yeah. was that a draw yeah. for you guys? It, yeah, for I'll I'll take this one a little bit and Dirk can answer. I'm just I'm gonna throw this in. There. I'm just glad with Dirk turning 60 in a couple of years that he was able to get some health insurance. 60? Um, get- <laughs> <laughs> That's more than a couple. <laughs> no, no, uh, no. That was. And, and this is going to sound, uh, I, don't, I don't know what the right word is, but it's going to sound like I like, or I feel like a lot of these meetings, like within the hunting industry that it, I'm not necessarily always the smartest person in the room, but I'm, I'm up there, you know, like I'm in the top 75, or, you know, top 25% as far as like pretty, I'm not bad. I'm not dumb, mm-hmm. especially coming from PL, but every one of these meetings you would go in with like a meat eater person um it's like a testament to how skilled they truly are like they've got the best of the best like when it comes to you know whatever it is accounting when it comes to you know whatever it is publishing something or getting a launch out or doing this 
like I don't even know all these employees yet, but they're still to this day, there's new names that pop up like, oh, so-and-so is the expert at that. Go get a hold of them. Or so-and-so is the best at like brand relations. Like they've got the best of the best in all of these positions. And like coming from a company where I wore all those hats, it's like, man, this is, you basically get like the dream team, you know, uh, the all-star team to basically have your back and and help you do business, which was, uh, you know, a huge turn on for, for me that, you know, Hey, me and my wife don't got to like struggle to get through the books. Um, anymore or hey we don't have to fi- you know figure this out they they've got a team that will tell us exactly what needs to be done and um it was it was reassuring knowing that as this company grew out of potentially what i could handle at the capacity we could handle that it, it's in very very good hands and uh you know um let them kind of grab the torch along with me and, and we'll we'll drag it together mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's a great point um, like, and this question would be for either one of you. Is there anything about this uh, that makes you guys nervous? And I can't really think of a thing. No, I, I'm not. I don't think nervous. One, one of the things that's it's been like tough to transition into is like all of our, uh, you know, we had our brand alliances. Meat Eater has theirs, and sometimes they're competitors. And so it's like, you know, how do you deal with that? We don't want to look like flip floppers we don't want to just use it because we've we've gained and so we've been you know we've been walking on on uh you know pins and needles just trying to deal with that so it makes the most sense for the whole entire team yeah that's been one thing like and we knew going in like how does this work um you know and then uh you know one of the things that which makes sense is uh you know it's like i, I don't want to say me either owns you but in some respect, they own your content, your creative, you know, your intellectual property, um, you know, and so that was a little, once I understood it, it all made sense. But like going into it, like the first couple of conversations, like, Hey, I don't this the, you mean I couldn't go make a, you know, anything to do with, I couldn't go like design my own backpacking bar or I couldn't design my own, you know, trekking poles or something like that. Like everything we now do in the industry, um, is, you know, um, a part of the meat eater brand so you can't was, you, you can't just like kind of you know um if you had some other product idea you know now you make calls and let's say maybe you wanted to make you know uh i don't know hunting socks <laughs> you know you, you yeah. can't just go out and do that is that is that, that that's what you're saying correct yeah everything every idea we would have had had to have been negotiated at the time of the deal so um you know like it's, it just is what it is. It's, I kind of relate it back to in, in my past life when I was like a bridge engineer. Um, we developed some software or a guy developed some software. He could have been a multimillionaire, but since he worked for the state at the time he developed that, they basically own the software. So it's kind of, you know, it, it's within your normal job duties. So it's just kind of, you know, like Dirk, you know, at, at Night Force, if he came up with an idea or developed the latest and greatest scope. Um, you know, it's like, well, he wouldn't make the money on that. You know, that was yeah, part of his job yeah. duties, which when I think about that, it starts to make a little more sense. But I think deep down, you know, the bugler and Dirk and myself, like having that entrepreneurial like heart is it's kind of tough to swallow because it's like you kind of lost some of that creative. But I don't think we lost it. Mm-hmm. We It just goes to it, it goes to, a, you know, a meat eater platform, yeah, which is going to be great. Because, yeah. Yeah. You know. Winter is a great time to get stocked up, geared up, and dialed in for this coming hunting season coming up in 2021. So I want to save you guys some money. And first off, let's start with Hoffman Boots. 
Hoffman boots are the boot of choice at the Western Huntsman. And it used to be, Hoffman boots used to be like this little North Idaho secret with their hunting boots. But these boots are great boots. They won't cost you as much as some of the other top name brands out there, but they are every bit as good. And to save it even a little bit more money, I want you to type in the promo code Huntsman10 to save you 10% off at checkout. Now, I got to give you a fair warning real quick up front with Hoffman Boots. They're they're like six weeks out right now on orders uh, because everybody is jumping on the Hoffman Boot train and you should too. Next, I got Scree Gear, Extreme Mountain Gear. This high-performance hunting attire and gear is specifically tested for camel patterns throughout the North American continent and it's backed by a great company. Guys, Scree has a great history. I tested this gear all last season, and I put that gear through the ringer up and down, left and right, to and fro. Save you a little bit of money. Use promo code THEWESTERNHUNTSMAN at checkout to save you 15% off and free shipping. That's a hell of a deal. Check out Scree Gear. ScreeGear.com. It'll be in the show notes. Last and certainly not least, Phelps Game Calls, the choice, the selected call company of the western huntsman officially for 2021 guys there's some uh, big things happening with phelps game calls and i can't say enough good things about this company what a story started in a just like this workshop and now it's one of the premier hunting call companies out there on the market and if you haven't tried phelps game calls you're really missing out you you really are missing out on those diaphragm elk reads uh, they are amazing, and they will. The amp frame is an absolute game changer. Check it out at Phelps.com and use promo code Huntsman10 at checkout to save you 10%. Let's get back into the conversation, guys. Thank you to our sponsors, and thank you for supporting our sponsors. Here we go. Yeah, that, that's a great point, uh, Jason. I because that's what. I guess my initial reaction was to that is is you know I've I'm like you guys in terms of the the entrepreneurial heart and I, I think about that and in the 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 possibility of I don't want to use or losing freedom sounds super dramatic because you're not losing freedom right no it's it's not that but um, there there is something to that and my 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 concern of like you know you guys have you know like the Bugler brand. You know, everybody, when I post pictures of whatever I'm doing out there, I'm always wearing, because I'm such a fangirl, I'm always wearing the Bugler yeah. hat, or I'm wearing my Phelps hat, or and, and all yep. this kind of stuff, and my initial reaction was, was man, are we going to lose all that? And and it, it doesn't sound like, like, it sounds like Meat Eater is really good about it, um, you, yep. know, you know, similar to, like, their first light uh, investment in, in and all that kind of stuff, so... You, I, I want to tell you a little story, Jason, that uh, like I figured this out long before you guys announced it and uh, <laughs> and and I nailed it. And, and the, it was I, I actually told Dirk this story when when we spoke after you guys announced it. But um, you, you had gone hunting with Giannis, right? Did yep. I say his name yep. right? Yep. Giannis Poodleus. Is that right? Patellas. No, I know. Patellas. <laughs> so, so you'd gone, you'd gone elk hunting with him, and they all came back to their studio, and and were they were recording a podcast and and whatnot, and so Steve Rinella was asking Giannis about you know your elk hunt or whatever, and and you know uh, Steve was like, well, yeah, so like you know how was it, and and Giannis was like, it was a great time, we did this, we did that, and. And, uh, and Steve was like, you know, how was it, you know, hunting with, with Phelps, you know, and, and it it was the way he responded 
when he's like, I, I, I really like it. And I told you earlier, I geek out on the business side of stuff and I, and I'm, I yeah. do a lot of what this transactional thing you're talking about in my day job, uh, that, that people don't really know about, but, uh, that, that part of it, the way he responded is, you know, I, I really like him. And it's like, they had yeah. this moment where they were sharing this, this, they knew something that they weren't going to say behind a microphone, but knowing that that conversation was going to carry on outside of the yeah. podcast kind of thing. And, and this was back in like, I don't know, October or something, or maybe November. And yeah. I remember thinking then, uh, man, I'll bet you they're talking to Phelps about buying Phelps game calls. So I don't, I don't <laughs> want to deflate. I don't want to deflate your balloon here, but unless maybe Giannis found out after or in the meantime, because I remember going on that hunt and I got a, uh, Hey, Giannis doesn't know yet. He doesn't quite need to know yet. Only Steve knew. So like, here I am hunting with Giannis and we, it's like, it was tough to like hold my tongue. Like we can't talk about what's potentially what we're even talking about. And so I wonder if maybe by that time he had known. Um, but yeah, it, yeah it, during well, the you hunt, guys it had was, hunted in September and this was like October, September yeah, or November. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know, but it was just that, that exchange made me suspicious of it. And, and yeah. don't burst my balloon, Phelps. Like I feel like you no, know, no, I, I, I'm kind of <laughs> smart sometimes. I want to feel like I had some behind no, no, the scenes. He, he, no. he probably knew by then. He probably knew by then. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It just that's that's something that's when what triggered my curiosity. And yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, overall, I think it's cool, man. I think it, this is cool. Yeah. Where'd you guys hunt on yep. that hunt, by the way? Was that Wyoming? I was uh, Southern Colorado. Um, oh, Southern desert, Colorado. Kind of, you know, real real dry. Uh, you know, and then it was a good hunt. Um, I'm amazed at Colorado. Like, spots that just aren't supposed to be good, not have big bulls, and then we go in and get into rut fest. And I, I'm I'm still at sucker. Like, yeah, it might not have giant bulls, but it had big enough bulls, and there were a lot of them, and they were vocal, and it was awesome for like the 3rd of September. So, so it's like you you couldn't beat that. Would you say like is Colorado your favorite state to hunt outside of your home state? Uh, I think Wyoming is still impressive. Um. You know, Wyoming is just, of course, maybe it's the units I've been to or the areas, but it's pretty dang good in Wyoming. What about you, Dirk? You got, you got like a favorite? Um, you know, I like Wyoming a lot. Um, I, I will say, and I don't know if it's just stupidity or what. I just love good old North Idaho. It's not because of the fantastic elk hunting, because it's not, (laughs) it doesn't have fantastic elk hunting at all, but. Um, Kicks I think, my ass know, every year. The uh, the area, the the countryside, the scenery, the beauty, the familiarity, the the nostalgia, all that. I it's, I love that. So I feel like, man, it, I always want to be able to come back to North Idaho and, and hunt if I can somewhere somehow, which is dumb. Uh, I live closer where I live now. I live a lot closer to way better elk hunting than North Idaho, but I still have that that beck and call right now. I'm literally looking at Google earth all and my little, my little honey holes up North, just like, Oh, what about this little spot right there? Oh, there's some tracks going through the ferns. Yep. Dude. Now there's that you, there. now that you moved down South, I, I feel like it's not out of line for me to have you send me some, uh, some pins. <laughs> yeah. Probably, probably not going to happen. <laughs> no, we're we're going to work it out. We're going to work it out. You, you come up and hunt with me anytime, buddy. But uh, no, I think I, I I know what you mean, uh, Derek. There, that familiarity side of it, uh, like North Idaho, is not somewhere I would recommend somebody from. You know, if they're in Minnesota or, or Philadelphia or somewhere back east, and they want they want to come to the West and hunt, I would never say North Idaho. 
But no, when I, when I, you I, live in the area and you hunt it enough to get to a point in which there is that level of familiarity. Yeah, I always discourage folks from coming to North Idaho. Um, and it's not just because I think they should not <laughs> overpopulate <laughs> my hunting spot. <laughs> but no, but really, it, it's like it's like level 10 difficulty. You know, if you're not if you don't know where those little spots are to find the elk, you mm. may go 10 days without even seeing one. Um, whereas, you know, finding elk most of the time is the hardest part of hunting elk is just finding them. So I always say, you know, bigger, more open kind of country where you can maybe glass them up first and then start hunting them. That's, that's going to be a lot easier for, especially for new folks to, to hunting. Sure. Um, and, and then just the, the vastness of the North country there is just ridiculous. I mean, you could, if you don't know their little secret hidey holes, you yeah you're you've got the you'll be walking along. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, <laughs> that's a whole other podcast, Dirk. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I'm getting way off topic here. <laughs> so I, I the the one question that's really gnawing at us from like a business acquisition kind of situation is, uh, as a whole, does meat eater. Uh, the crew over there, are they more a Maverick guy or a pink Phelps guy? Oh, <laughs> uh, I think, I don't know what, Gian, I'm trying to remember what Giannis, I think Giannis uses a little bit of both. I think Steve is a pink signature guy. Um, I think Garrett, their marketing guy, uses a Maverick. It's kind of, a, it's about a 50-50. We'll have, we'll have to put a poll out later. Figure yeah. out exactly where it lays. You should. That'd be that'd be pretty cool. But I I, I know <laughs> I can't remember who it was. Somebody was uh, who was that? They were they were bragging on the on the gray amp. Well, I can't and, remember. And I lo- I like the gray amp too to an extent, but uh, now that's and so and just as clarification, nothing's going to change with your lineup, right? No, nope. Everything. I mean, everything's pretty much staying the same. Um, you know, we as part of that. Um, you know, I got to come over as the president um we're working on we had some projects we were already working on to release this year so um i got kind of wrapped up in the uh in the transition since all of the everything this company's ever did is basically in between my two ears and it's not a good you know we i hate using the analogy like if i get hit by a bus tomorrow this company would be in a bad place um because i know where everything's at i know who we order from i know what our part numbers are um, and it would be very tough for somebody else. So like part of this transition is like, get everything out of my head and on the paper. Um, all, you know, I think Dirk was a- asking for like our smaller Beagle two plans. Um, my, my engineered plans. And I think it took me two weeks to get them the right damn. I just, that's how scattered my stuff is. Like I don't have, no, I'm, I'm the same way, man. You know, what's funny is, uh, I told my wife's like, well, who, who are you doing a podcast with? And I'm like, uh, well, we're having uh, Jason Phelps on, you know, the Phelps Game Call guys, and and Dirk on, and uh, and she's like, wait a minute, you know, Phelps hasn't paid their invoice. I didn't know that. <laughs> so I and I wanted to remind you that uh, the the fine print on the bottom says, if you get acquired by Meat Eater and haven't paid your invoice, it's times <laughs> five hundred. Oh, I. I see how this goes. You called me on a podcast just to remind me that I haven't paid my. Yeah, that's how I do my late. That's how I do my late fees. That's, that's my. Touché, touché. I am the collections department here at the Western okay, Woodsman gotcha. Podcast. 
<laughs> no, that it's no, it's just it just goes. It's funny uh, you highlight that because I I'm I'm totally the same way. I don't. I, I mean, you're probably a lot better at it than I am. Uh, I don't know jack yeah. about anything like that that's going on on, on uh, here. Not that we have any kind of real revenue co- going on here at the the show, but um, yeah, I'm clueless with it. So it's <laughs> it's super interesting. I yep. want to know kind of like you, you guys. You guys have both been to Bozeman to, to the Meat Eater place, right? And and yep. sat in their podcast studio, and that was a that was actually a really cool. Uh, that was an interesting podcast you guys did with them. Uh, the, I, and I don't think it was the last one. It was the one before that. I, I, maybe I'm wrong, but anyway, I like. I think a lot of people wonder this. What What is Steve Rinella like? Um, because and I, before you answer, I want to give you like from my perception. I'm a super curious guy. I feel like Steve is a lot more of a curious guy than I am. Like he's a super curious dude. He's intentional. He's like he's he's got stuff super organized. Uh, he does these videos with his garage where everything's like perfectly organized. Um, I'm not one of those dudes. Uh, the only thing that keeps me going, my desk is always a mess, but my, my wife's found some statistic that, you know, uh, a genius has a really messy desk. And so I've been riding on that for like 10 years and <laughs> using it as an excuse not to, not to clean anything. But, um, like, th- so those are some of my perceptions from somebody who's kind of, well, I've never talked to Steve uh, or, or anything like that. What's he like in, you know, man to man kind of behind the scenes? Well, Derek, you want to take the first crack and then I'll fill in any. I thought, uh, I thought Steve was pretty interesting. He was, I thought he was very, a very thoughtful person when he spoke. He, he was very intent on listening to what everyone had to say before we ever got into the podcast. He just, he looked very deliberate and very intent on, on listening and understanding what everyone said. And, and he, he just seemed real deliberate in the way he spoke and, Hmm. and, uh, um, super down to earth, just not like super intense, like, you know, Oh God, there's, there's Steve Rinella burning holes through me, you know, with his eyes. (laughs) I'd be kind of nervous, man, talking to him. Yeah. He was not, not an intimidating person to talk to at all. Just, just very, just down to earth, normal guy. And, yeah, yep. it was, which That's made awesome. the podcast easier. So, yeah, I, I think the first word to describe him is extremely busy. Um, now that, you know, whether people want to call me his boss or uh, a coworker or whatever our, our terminology is, he's the busiest guy in the world. Um, between everything he's got going on, he's, I think, you know, I think I'm busy. I think he might be maxed out even more. He's the other thing. And I think everybody's recognized like so sharp. You know, and, and I think Dirk's word deliberate and intentional. Um, like when he goes into a podcast, I think there was probably what 10, 15 minutes of silence. Dirk, just as he like went through his agenda, make sure that he had everything and that he was going to do a good job and that what he produces is going to be a high level and that there were no surprises on his podcast agenda. And he knows the talking points. And then during our last podcast, like one of the, like, you know, his humors, it, 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 whether it's 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 you know kind of cooked in or whether it was not like I think what they opened up the first two questions we got were something about if you had a hot aunt would you tell anybody <laughs> about it and then and then, and then about like the, yeah and then like a titty twister what do you call the purple and we, somehow we ended up getting <laughs> off on like a tangent and those are just kind of his ice but it's like man I need to know if these are coming because I'm the most awkward guy ever if you just like hit me with that question. <laughs> <laughs> remember that man. <laughs> the hot ad can't comment and 
the yeah the the titty twister thing, and then they were trying to get you guys to have like this competition of whistling an elk bugle or something like that. It sounded like an elk from far <laughs> yeah, away. Yeah. I thought that was yeah. pretty good. Um, now that's yeah. of course. I'm I'm so literal. I'm like, man, are one of my aunts going to listen to this and say, no, I'm on the Meat Eater podcast, and how do I answer this? And so <laughs> next time I'm just next time I'm just going to roll with it. Make for an awkward Thanksgiving coming up. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's uh, yeah, that's that's interesting. I'd I'd uh, I'd probably pay one of you guys money under the table, tax free, if if you recorded that little pre. Uh, you know, planning session before the podcast starts that you were talking about. Cause I, I don't do any of that. Cause I, I don't know how I just get on and talk with people. So I, I don't, I don't, yeah. and, and that's not, that's not always been the case. I used to make out and Dirk probably knows this. Cause I, I think I sent him one, one time. Cause he was like yeah. my first podcast guest. And I used to do these big outlines of, okay, we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about that. And, and they sounded like I did that. And finally, I threw I threw one of those away. I, th- I threw one away. Yep. I'm like, I'm not fucking doing this anymore. This is stupid. Yep. And um, the, the conversations just started flowing better for me. So I, I'd be yep. curious to know, because their podcast, his podcast is really good. And I'd be curious to know what he does. Yeah, no, they, you know, it was just, it was more of the follow-up. So like they, I don't know what the right word is. And I'm not saying you're not professional. I'm. No, you can they say that. I, so I admit it. I don't. I don't care. <laughs> they get so much like they may make an error on like two podcasts ago, and they'll come back and like correct it in that podcast. So they've got kind of like that news, um, you know, catching up oh, on yeah. news, and then they and then they go into like those icebreakers, and then they kind of get into that that nuts and bolts. And so he's not necessarily, and I agree with you 100%. Like the podcast I've been on, where somebody sends me an agenda, I'm like, this is like, this is, it's not dumb. It's just. I don't want to talk about these same 10 things over and over. I'd rather just have a conversation and that's, he doesn't necessarily script all the points, but um, you know, he'll maybe just have some talking points down or, you know, stuff to spur his, um, you know, the conversation, but no, he doesn't go deep and like send an agenda out and say, this is what we're going to talk about. Yeah. No, that's cool. I, it, like I said, yeah, no, I just, I'm, I'm with you, man. I, I don't like to have boundaries in, in, in the podcast and it doesn't sound like he does either. They just, they just kind of plan yeah. stuff out. Obviously, they have to correct stuff like that. They have, they have, you know, hundreds of thousands of listeners versus my, you know, thousands. <laughs> so big difference and a lot more scrutiny. But, um, Dirk, we haven't heard much from you. What do you got to say about it? Um, ask me a question. Uh, what'd you have for dinner tonight? Oh man, you shouldn't have asked that question. Oh. I'd really like to tell you I had something really cool and, like uh, exotic, but so I was at Costco the other day and I bought, <laughs> I, I was in the frozen food section. I see these things. It's a, a bacon wrapped chicken breast with some kind of weird funky cheese in the middle, right? The picture mm-hmm. looked good. <laughs> and and uh, then we had these uh, salmon patties that were in the freezer forever. And Jessica says, I'm not eating those. I'm like, ah, oh, how bad could they be? She's like, well, they expired in May of 2020. And I'm like, they've been frozen. They're individually packaged. Yeah, they, that just They're means frozen. frozen. You got to freeze them by then. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. So she put the salmon patties in the air fryer and she put the um, <laughs> the bacon wrapped chicken breast cheese thing in the um, oven. And uh, <laughs> I'm just going to say I took kind of kind of took one bite of that that um, salmon patty thing and threw it in the garbage. It was no good, <laughs> no good. And then, <laughs> and, 
And then the the chicken breasting, I don't know. She, you know, it said cook it 30 minutes. So we cooked it 30 minutes. And but man, it was drier than a popcorn fart, man. I couldn't hardly choke that thing down. I had, <laughs> had to use a, a lot of white claw to wash her down with. So so what you're saying is it was a letdown. Yeah, it, it was. It was. It yeah. did it wasn't anything like the picture. How'd that um, how'd that mule deer from Montana taste? You I, I forgot to ask you about oh, that. Is it good? Dude, it's it's so good. I you know, it's funny. Everybody everybody usually has a uh, opinion on on wild game of whatever kind you know oh mule deer oh mule deer's no good it tastes terrible it's yeah i had eat, some guy tell me like sage i had some guy tell me the other day that it he won't eat those stinky do- uh, donkeys if you paid him money and i'm like yeah. you're crazy man yeah that's crazy talk because this thing i mean he was rutted up big time and it's delicious it's really mild the meat's mild it's tender it's not tough it's amazing. I was very thrilled with it. Um, the cougar we had that cougar I shot. Uh, I made a bunch of sausage, breakfast sausage, and oh man, it's amazing. I'm a little sensitive uh, to that. I because like you came to North Idaho and didn't hit me up to come into the studio, man. I was nowhere close to you. I, I thought you said you come up to North <laughs> Idaho. Well, there I use that. It's I a, use that. It's a broad uh, term. Yeah, I use that term very loosely. <laughs> <laughs> Phelps, you ever yeah. get a mountain lion, man? I haven't. The most exotic thing I've ate this year was that mountain goat. Yeah. Um, you know, the mountain lion is definitely on the list, though. Um, everybody says it's amazing eating, and then um, just one of those things I wanted to do, hunt behind dogs before, um, you know, it's illegal everywhere, which right. hopefully it doesn't come to that, but I just – I feel like maybe our days are numbered on, on that. And, and uh, so I want to get one in before, before it's gone. Yeah. I think, I think you're going to be uh, just about down to coming to Idaho for um, chasing, chasing cougar with a, with dogs. Cause um, yeah, it's, it, it's under assault everywhere, man. I've been busy yeah. this winter with all that stuff. Yeah. It's, I, I, it's crazy right now. I mean, I think the last two or three weeks, like trying to follow all these, bills and stuff from all these different states whether it's washington california montana it's like man some of this legislation is just it's crazy and i don't know eventually how long like if i mean it's up to us to keep fighting it forever but man it's so much just crazy and it's never going to go away no it's um, just it's just going to get worse and and i've had a few conversations on that stuff lately it's like this this societal shift has taken place where uh, you know that i i don't know what's going on but but these uh, the, these huge urban areas are just there. They don't take themselves out of that kind of life where, where they're so disconnected from, from things like where meat comes from or whether or not you should even eat meat. And, and the thought of going and hunting a mountain lion with dogs is so wickedly evil and, and all these things. It's, it's been piling up like crazy. The legislation this year that has come down the pike and not just out of, you know, California and Washington, but, uh, you know, trapping legislation out of New Mexico, and and it's this weird non-resident thing that's going on in Montana, and um, yeah, it's keeping me on my toes for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, when you guys, when you guys are, you know, you're all, all meat eatered up and all that kind of stuff, are are you still willing to come and see me in the studio, little old me? I know, I know, my studio is a slight downgrade. Actually, Jason, you haven't been to the studio, haven't you? I have not yet. No, but it's on the bucket list. It should be. It should be. I have a plastic yeah, urinal. Yeah. 
<laughs> He's got a really cool bathroom stall in there. Doug Flutie even signed it. Doug Flutie signed that bad boy, and so I, oh my, I took you know I took a picture of that signature and I put it on online. And you know what Doug Flutie did? He wrote for a do? good time. Call Doug Flutie. <laughs> I was so offended. <laughs> Is that uh, why you keep calling me? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, buddy. It's tempting every time I go in there, and I go in there a lot. So, <laughs> no, that's great, guys. I'm pretty excited for for both of you guys um, with this. It's it's like it's big news, you know. Um, anytime you take one brand that is that is huge, it's successful, uh, and and you know from from my from my standpoint. Uh, first of all, thank thank you both uh, for for the support on this show. Uh, not only do you guys come on the show whenever I ask, but uh, you guys also, the, you know, Phelps is a sponsor of the show, and and we value that a lot, and so we we appreciate that. And when I say we, I mean me and my dog Trevor over here that's laying down snoring because I'm I'm a one man show over here. <laughs> uh, but but uh, it's it's always it's always good having you know just that feeling of having having uh, folks like you guys out there and brands like Phelps that that support the show and. Uh, I'm I'm really excited to see what's gonna you know kind of come down the pike for you guys with with Meat Eater because I mean that's a yeah. big deal. Right, like what are you guys most excited about? Man, I feel like it's. Are you still there? Yeah, we're we're I'm here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. I, I sorry my my headphones I thought they cut out. Uh, well, I think what I'm most excited about is I feel like I'm gonna get to hunt like more than probably more than I want. Yep. You know. You are, you already hunt a lot, dude. And uh, I just, uh, I can't imagine how much more time you're going to get. Phelps, you hunt a lot too, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it'll, it'll be good. Um, I think it's, it's more where, you know, working the, the nine to five for the state, I, I would there at the end, I was able to take a lot of leave without pay. And so I could hunt as much as I could, but now, um, you know, that I've, I've been able to, I don't want to say retire, but basically leave state and do this full time now. Um, and then, you know, it's like, my job is to promote the calls. Um, I, yeah, we'll, we'll get to spend a little more time, um, a little more freely without feeling guilty of, you know, Hey, leave without pay. No, I'm going to go get paid to go sit under a tree and call a turkey in for my son, or I'm going to go get paid to try to, you know, call in a spring bear. So that's, that's kind of a little cool bonus. Um, what I'm, most excited about because um, we'll get to hunt and, and do the same things we've been doing is a lot of what we haven't even talked about and and the whole concept was like the legacy move and and a lot of people think i'm dumb for even talking about it no but no man that, that's, of, that's important stuff there there is a part of me that like all right we cashed out we we made our money um they're paying us a good salary but I want to see Phelps Game Calls get to be the biggest game call company in the world. And could I have did it on my own? Maybe, maybe not. Can Do I think my chances are better with the Meat Eater team behind me? Heck yes, I do. And so there's there's a lot of that, like, you know, legacy move. Like, I want to see, you know, my name, well, you know, the brand's name that carries my name, um, you know, known as the best game calls in the world, you know, all around. And And so there's a part of me, like, that's my next goal now. Like, yeah, hunting's hunting and the content and all that leads to that. But you know, if, if our team, our group of guys can and gals can get it there, like, I'll I'll be stoked. Yeah, 
that yeah the legacy part is is a huge huge deal and that's i i think one of the most important things it's you know not that i think anybody needs to feel anybody but if somebody did need need to feel better about the situation is the fact that um it's still you guys you know it's still nothing really yep. changes on that end and that kind of leads me to the other question of uh because i've had a, a couple of questions about this um you know we we now know okay Meat Eater's going to, uh, you know, they, they've purchased Phelps Game Calls. It's going to fall under the, the, the umbrella of the Meat Eater company, uh, which is which is not a horrible place to be at all. Um, what about, and nothing's going to change with Phelps Game Calls. That's what I meant to, to, to go there with. Um, what about the Elk Collective? How does, how does, how do things look with the Elk Collective going forward with, with Meat Eater? Well, uh, I guess I could answer this one, Jason. Yeah. So, so being part of a, a content creation company, you know, Meat Eater, we kind of had to back out of our our responsibilities at the Elk Collective with John and and Dan, um, just because we're we're working with and for a content creation company. They they want all of our pistons firing on all eight cylinders, you know, towards towards the Phelps brand and the media brand. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if, if we're doing all these side gigs, like, like when we were doing negotiations with my, my employment contract and everything, they're like, man, you're like super difficult to figure out because I've got all these little side deals. I'm doing this, I'm doing that. I'm doing (laughs) the bugler brand. You're doing (laughs) the elk collective. I'm doing the bugler brand. I'm doing the elk collective. Your lingerie line. Yeah. My lingerie line. I've got my hand (laughs) in all these different different pots and they're like, you know, we'd really like you to, you know, to focus your, all your creativity and, and, and put that towards uh, the Phelps brand and marketing. And I'm like, yeah, I think I can do that because in the end, I'm like, I, it's not like I'm selling bathtubs now. (laughs) It's still something I'm really passionate about. You know, if I can focus, put all my focus on, on the calls and, and, uh, promoting Phelps and stuff, um, you know, working with meat eater guys and girls. And I, I don't know. I just think it's going to be a cool deal. Uh, yep. So we, I, I don't know that we would have had time, honestly, to eat, put another ounce of time into the collective stuff. So, you know, and that's not fair to our partners there either. If we're, we're so in so deep on our other responsibilities that we can't help them out at all, then that's not yep. fair of, of us to do so. Um, are, are you guys able to contribute content to the Elk Collective still, or do you not even going to do that? No, no, we we were kind of what content was in there. Um, they can continue to use and all that, and it actually made our relationship a little easier because there's some of that like, well, if if we're at Phelps Game Calls and promoting the heck out of the Elk Collective, and that they use our calls and do this, it could be looked at as kind of you know you know paying yourself through. And so it was just easier. Like this actually lets us work with the Elk Collective moving forward for, you know, for a while. And it just makes everything cleaner um, versus, um, you know, so ultimately, you know, it it worked better to do it this way. Well, I told one of you guys this, you know, if if the Elk Collective needs somebody to step in and help out, I can I can make videos of, uh, you know, how not to hunt elk. And I think that that's valuable for a lot of hunters (laughs) out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think Doug Flutie might already have a like his Flutie. name in the app for that. Damn Doug Flutie. Yeah, he's a, a bane of my existence. Flutie. 
I get more emails about Doug Damn Flutie coming on the show. I tell you what, that guy, uh, we're going to get him and his uncle on one time. <laughs> oh, no, that's great, guys. Uh, no, and and I I think this is a this is going to be a great move for you know working with uh, Phelps and the meat eater team. My wife, she's like, oh, good. Now you can. Aren't you going to just love this? You'll be able to turn off your brain every night. You'll build it. You'll build it. You know, have a have a set time to to stop working every day, and you could come sit down on the couch, and we can enjoy time <laughs> together, and, and all this stuff. You'll be able to turn off your brain. You won't be so you know using your brain all the time to think up all this stuff. And but it it doesn't work that way. No. <laughs> I, my, yeah. I'm sitting there watching Netflix, thinking up the next silly shit to to put on the Phelps page uh about the pink the pink call you know yeah, so the pink versus maverick and the maverick versus right. pink yeah one of my favorite oh. videos you did Dirk was that one where you were like the used car sales guy with the big oh. mustache and you're like yeehaw and you come out oh, yeah. <laughs> I was I was selling mattresses and mavericks yeah yeah mattresses <laughs> and mavericks <laughs> yeah. I got a pretty big kick out of that one so oh. That well, was a good one. Well, what's on the docket this year, guys? What uh, tell us a little bit about what hunts you have coming up, and and uh, you know what's what what elk season's looking like, what uh, all all that kind of stuff. Let's talk about it. we got we can't we can't close out the show without a little hunt talk. All right, I'll let Dirk go first. Uh, good old Idaho, of course, uh, and I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do. Whether I'm going to go rifle hunting in Idaho or bow hunting. Um, I have a pretty good chance of drawing a Wyoming tag with my brother. My brother, uh, Lance, he's been saving his points. He's just been buying points in Wyoming for the last three years. And yeah, that's uh, what I've, been doing. I've got one point and I'm, I'm going to piggyback on with him and see if we can draw, draw Wyoming tag this year. Um, then I'm going to, I'm going to try to apply for a, a Montana combo elk and deer. Hopefully you can draw, draw that. Um, so that, that'll probably be my two archery hunts if I do. If I do draw those two, now if I don't draw Montana or either one, it's going to be all up in the air. It's who knows. I'm going to find some way to hunt somewhere. I mean, maybe I won't draw any tags at all, and I'll have good old Idaho, and then I'll maybe have to scramble and try to find something in Colorado or yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, it's kind maybe of a I'll tough question follow, in February, isn't it? Yeah, maybe I'll follow Jason around and just call for him all, all year. And there you go. There, I, I don't mind that deal at all. I don't mind that <laughs> one bit. Is he a pretty good yeah. caller, Jason? I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Last year, he, he had, like, the sun's, you know, eventually going to shine on a, a dog's ass every once in a while. Um, we we struggled for, like, eight <laughs> days straight. And then in, like, 15 minutes, I don't know if the, the elk were tone deaf there. Or if they had never heard another bull bugle before, but Dirk had got lucky and called two giants in in about a fifteen minute span. But other than that, he he was no good. Okay, good to know. Good to know. Awesome. Awesome. No, 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 no he's he's all right. He's, I've heard better, but he's he's pretty good. Um, yeah. No, I I don't know what I've got going on. Um, I think I'm gonna go back. And and this is going to tell on me where we we got some landowner takes for New Mexico. So I think we're going to put in for some different units, but we've got kind of a another you know so-so unit that um, me and Lampers I think are going to go to um, archery in New Mexico. Um, I should draw Montana. I've got one preference point saved, so I think I'm going to put in for the combo. And then Giannis wants to do another meat eater hunts episode um, for archery elk. 
in Montana or? Yep. Yep. In Montana there. Um, I don't know what I'm like the first 15 days of September. I don't really have a plan. Um, I haven't did this for a while, but I always kind of like maybe wait for the Washington draws to come out and maybe just hitchhike with somebody and just go call in a good unit. Cause I love, you know, hunting good units where, um, you know, it, it's just fun. So I might just leave that as my two, um, archery elk hunts. I did draw, or I was able to pick up an Idaho deer tag, uh, which I think Dirk's going to, uh, join in on that one. Um, yeah. I should be able to draw a Colorado deer tag. And then I did spend a little bit of money on a Mount Emily, um, rifle tag in Oregon again. So I had the archery tag two years ago there yeah, and, yeah. um, I was able to buy an outfitter tag um this year um for the mount emily rifle so i think i'm gonna do that well dude you can come call for me if you had nothing else yeah maybe i'll have to do that yeah I'm telling I, are you, you is that north idaho or are you gonna put me in a good unit with lots of elk like there's it, so coming it, from, it's a really bad good unit okay all right perfect perfect because that's one of the things like i get maybe my most asked question when are you going to come back home you know from all the locals when are you going to come back home and hunt around home and do a video on it it's like, man, it's similar to up north. You guys love it, but then I, I kind of grew like the opposite um, with my home country. It's like, man, it's wet. It's <laughs> gross. Thick. Everything in the creek bottom wants to poke you and stab you. And it's like everything's on like its third logging now, so you can't walk in a straight line. You got to zigzag around all the old stumps. And it's just, I didn't like anything about it, but um, now it's... Uh, yeah, and then I've got a, a deer hunt in, I think, Old Mexico in January. Oh, nice. Nice. I'm so, going on a coos yeah, deer hunt yeah. in, uh, in Arizona this summer. There you go. Yeah. Yep, that's where we're going to go, yeah, baby baby whitetail hunting in, in Old Mexico. You, you doing bow or uh, uh, rifle on that? I'm doing rifle. Like, I'm the guy that, like, really kind of lays your odds out there and, like, all right, bow, I probably have 3% chance of killing muzzleloader maybe like 13 and then rifle I, I like my chances over there yeah that's i'm, I'm kind of thinking rifle too uh, on that one just because uh, i've never done it before and i i, I actually want to yeah. bring one home so um yeah. dirk, dirk you still coming to see me uh spring bear i think so i think so as long as you you know have one tied up and i have i have one <laughs> have him have him all fed up on donuts and stuff you i'm know? gonna ride so my i'm gonna ride my donkey up there and and uh, lasso one and tie him to a tree and uh, I got some bait for us, man. I've never done it before, so we can learn together yeah. if you want. Yeah. You should well, Phelps said, you Phelps should said too, if, Phelps. You, uh, if you can guarantee that we can call a one in, then, then maybe he'll even come. So. Now, look, yeah. I, I really want I, – I tried it last year, and I really want to get one with this fawn in distress call. On on your predator, uh, you know the uh, on the predator calls that you guys have. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's what it's called. Fawn Jack closed reed, that one. Yep. That's what I was yep, using yep. last year. And okay, so for anybody that doesn't know, that thing calls in a shitload of coyotes. Okay, and that's what <laughs> I kept calling in. And so um, yeah. it's it's actually it's actually done me a lot of favors this winter for for coyotes. Uh, good, good. but I've got, I've got to think that that thing would work for bear. We've just got to figure yeah. it out. No, I mean, that's, it's the right timing. Like that's when the fawn should be dropping. It's, it's, yeah. you know, in our exactly. opinion, the best call to use. Um, we, we've used calf elk a little bit, but fawn in distress just seems to be better. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm by no means a, a professional predator caller. We've definitely on some of these spring hunts, um, that my home state of Washington seems to be managing for a freaking high quality bear hunt. 
um, and they're bare everywhere. Like we've got them to move or like take off at us, like on a sprint. Um, either we're not patient enough or they get distracted, but we've definitely got them to react and move in our direction um, with, with calling. It's just one of these days I need to sit down and call one all the way to my feet. Yeah, me, me too. I, that's, that's where I'm at with bear. Uh, and so it's, it's an interesting thing. Like last year, it was funny. I, I was up, I was up bear hunting. I took that call and I had my brother-in-law with me and, and I start cranking on that sucker. And like five minutes into it, this, this, uh, this white-tailed doe comes just charging at us up the mountain and she was freaking out and she's just, you know, bucking and kicking and running up the mountain. And she could like kind of see me sta- sitting there behind some rocks and then she'd circle. She kept circling us, um, and this went on for like 10 minutes. And she's snorting, and she's making all this noise and ruckus and kicking the brush. She couldn't figure out where this where this fawn was that was screaming, and but she knew where I was. Uh, and, and I was just, I, I was just, it was a great bear spot. I know there's bears hanging out right there, but uh, never did get a bear to come in. Only a, only coyotes and and a couple of does. <laughs> so. <laughs> but this year we got the hookup, man. I got I got some crazy good bait. I got some barrels set up. So uh, you guys you guys come on up. We'll we'll get something. We'll nice. make it happen. Nice, Perfect. nice. Cool. Well, I appreciate you guys. Uh, we've been running running for a bit here, so uh, I don't want to keep you too long. And uh, Phelps, I know you need to get some sleep and and plan a family vacation now. Uh, <laughs> with, with all this, I, I did want to say congratulations to you both. This is a this is a cool move. This is a cool step. Uh, it's, it's a big deal to be, be, uh, you know, affiliated with a meat eater crew. And I mean, anybody in the hunting industry knows that, um, and, yep. and they're, they're a great company They're They put out great content and I feel like you guys are going to be just like this, this perfect addition, uh, something that they don't have right now. Um, and, and I've, I, I think a lot of people wonder why they haven't had this kind of aspect of their business. And, and now you guys are involved and it's, it's going to be a good thing. So, uh, I'm excited for you and congratulations. And, and I appreciate you guys coming on the show. Yeah. Thanks for having us, Jim. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate it. It's been good. Yeah. Always like getting together and, and uh, slapping our knees and laughing a little bit. So. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. You guys are always fun. Both both of you guys are always fun to have on the show. I, I, I appreciate your sense of humor and tolerating my ridiculous uh, sound effects and, and uh, songs I put on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, was, it was good. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Have a great night. Thanks. Yeah, have a good one, Jim. made it all the way to the end thank you so much for tuning into the show we sure appreciate your support this is jim huntsman signing off and reminding you to check us out at instagram at the western huntsman and on facebook at the western huntsman and you can also check out the website at thewesternhuntsman.com thanks again we'll see you guys next time stay western and i'll see you on the mountain